Good afternoon, team. Welcome to the Words in Chalk podcast. Uh, thanks for putting up with the sporadic, ad hoc, higgledy piggledy uh, release dates of these podcasts. But as a creative, I'm sure you understand that what we do. Um, it comes in fits and starts. It comes when you feel like it. It may not happen. It may happen. But that's the joy of creativity. Also, it depends when I can and cannot be bothered to upload these and get them out. So we're at the mercy of all of the above. Anyway, as you may know, Words in Chalk is myself, 76, Jake Nathan and Aaron Shrimpton, the holy trinity. Um, holy as in worn and battered, not holy as in godlike, because uh, that's for other people to say, not us. Anyway, uh, follow us all on socials, uh, words.in.chalk on Instagram, 76spoken on Instagram, Jake Nathan Creates on Instagram, and Aaron Shrimpton on Instagram. Uh, in about two weeks... No, that's the biggest lie I've ever told. No, the second biggest lie I've ever told. On the 17th of June, in a month and five days from this recording, will be a Saturday. Words in Chalk 3 will be taking place. Another live spoken word event at Metal in Southend. The third. uh, The third coming after two sellout events, uh, which we were super, super blown away by. If you weren't at the first two, or if you were at the first two, then you must know, and you will know, that every poet that performed was fantastic, the audience were fantastic, the venue was fantastic, the bar staff were fantastic, the chairs were fantastic, the front door was fantastic, the steps leading up to the front door were fantastic. Um, It was just generally an all-round fantastic time. So if you get a chance, click on the link in the bio note to self, put a link in the bio and get your tickets Uh, it was fantastic anyway, on with the show so this week we have the fantastic, I'm going to stop saying fantastic but I can't help it because everything is fantastic on this podcast we have the incredible Hunter Uh, she is an LGBTQ plus poet and a storyteller, an activist importantly from East London Uh, She explores themes of social justice, identity and and also shares her experience of navigating the world as a masculine presenting lesbian. She's been on BBC Radio London, she's performed at the Vagina Museum, Soho House and headlined multiple shows including Process Productions, Shits and Scribbles, that shits with an X not an I, and Word Slags and... Most notably, she won the Fervour Festival Poetry Slam in 2022, last year. Uh, Also, she co-founded the Big Queer Poetry Show with Stonewall Housing, uh, a homelessness charity which she is an ambassador for. And the first show raised over £7,000 for that charity. So you can see that Hunter is doing and will continue to be doing big things. So, on with the show. If you can... um if you can hear some stuff in the background, that's a birthday cake being made for me by my kind fiance and my eight-year-old boy. Thank you, Max Billions. Thank you, Dovesy Designs. And thank you, everyone, for listening. On with the show. Misogyny. As lesbians, we didn't invent it. 
but we took it to a whole new dimension and extension of our forefathers, a part of our identity waged war upon by societal expectation, projecting just enough to be taken seriously while denying that we are like them, condemning those who objectify women as we fist bump each other and objectify femmes, trading our masculinity as if it were monetary, a currency on a monosexual stock market of cheap imitation, where we still place our value on ripped forearms and gold stars deliberately combative, weaponized by us to radically undermine the type we find the most attractive, rendering them impure, contaminated, tainted or diluted by their evolving fluidity. Masculinity can always be toxic, no matter what gender adopts it. Sex with strap-ons isn't the problem, just like a dick can't be blamed for the prick it's attached to. But gender dynamics still dominate. We still sexually emulate. Even inside the walls of our own house, the foundation's set in our learned behaviour, as it's the only representation we've had. Heteronormativity is all around us and nobody ever taught us what it means to be queer and mask. So we've navigated without a rule book, parroting the toxicity of cis men in the absence of education. We didn't need the birds and the bees or Adam and Eve, we just needed to know how to love her. But Professor Patriarchy doesn't teach his sons and they are the same schoolboys that we all learned from will never be on the curriculum, which is why we need to hold each other to account, to start calling out the fragility that is perpetuated amongst ourselves. It's up to us to start the conversation, to teach the next generation, giving them some representation and not misogynistic misinformation. Lesbian porn should never have been my education. It's a reflection of a man's world where performative sex sells rarely about her pleasure. We need to do better. Let us be empowered without misusing it. Celebrate our strength without abusing it. Let's embrace our femininity and the duality and equanimity. Let her take control sometimes and catch the spider too. And don't use her sexual history to determine her value like they do. We need to dismantle the patriarchy instead of validating each other to collude. So let's unite to flip it, to rewrite the script, to control our sapphic narrative and help each other see that our utter otherness can be so fucking affirming. I wrote this poem because I think that part of advocating for the LGBTQ plus community and trying to create meaningful change within that is actually looking inwards and not being afraid to hold myself and other members of our community to account where necessary. So Lesbian Misogyny was written with the view of doing just that. Um, misogyny by definition is, is clearly something that was originally conceptualised through the behaviours of men, right? But I've noticed that masculine presenting lesbians in particular can be just as problematic with some of their own behaviours and attitudes towards women. Yet they'll quite happily call out men for doing the same things. And don't get me wrong, I love calling men out when it's warranted, but being a hypocrite isn't cool, is it? And frankly, it just serves to undermine our argument. Like, there can be quite performative displays of hyper-masculinity amongst lesbians, which, of course, isn't a bad thing as a form of expression, but I would say that it becomes an issue when that masculinity becomes toxic 
as it would in the context of men as well. I think a really good example of this is in the second stanza when I introduce the concept of gold stars and how this term is used as a weapon and to create a sense of hierarchy in amongst women who sleep with women. Now, I hate the phrase personally, but a gold star lesbian is a lesbian who has never slept with a man. And it's used like a badge of honour almost. It's essentially placing a value or a lack of value on women for their sexual history, which is so frustrating because it's something that women have fought against for so long. I mean, aside from someone's sexual history being nobody else's business, it doesn't consider that sexuality can and is an evolving thing. And actually, a lot of lesbians grew up in a time where they were trying to conform to heteronormative ideals, not only because, you know, they weren't comfortable or ready to come out, but because both historically and now, it can be fundamentally unsafe for them to do so. Not to mention the fact that, as a concept, it erases bisexual, pansexual and other queer identities completely. So it demonstrates a a total lack of inclusivity in a community that is supposed to be about equity. It's really frustrating. The third stanza then discusses how some lesbians can at times emulate the sexual behaviours of men. And I don't mean, you know, through the use of strap-ons, because actually body parts are not the most important thing here. What I'm talking about is the mindset. Whether this be around a a sole focus on penetration or sex being rooted in misogynistic ideals, and I'm not using this as an excuse, as we have to take responsibility, but for the purpose of balance, um, this is usually because lesbians are not taught how to have sex, right? We're not included in classroom discussions. Most of our parents are straight. And the majority of our sex education comes from self-research, right? Whether this be through porn or from learning from those around us. And at the time, those around us were 15-year-old boys who learned from the patriarchy. And learning how to treat women from 15-year-old boys would be problematic now but it was especially problematic, you know, 20 or so years ago. Especially as I grew up in a time where Section 28 had just been revoked. So this means that even had teachers wanted to speak to us about LGBTQ plus issues, they wouldn't have been able to because they were banned by law from doing so. Um, I'm paraphrasing Margaret Thatcher here, but they literally weren't allowed to promote homosexuality through any means. Um, I also grew up in a very conservative town where I'd never met a single other gay person, right? I, I didn't know that a lesbian was a thing until I was about 11. So when I started dating girls at 14 or 15, I literally had no idea how to act. I wasn't out to my parents, so... And even if I was, you know, I wouldn't have discussed it with them, probably. Um, So I really did just look at how my male friends acted with their girlfriends. And I was a nightmare, honestly. Um, And the, the girls I dated almost expected me to conform to these ideals, too, and to act overly masculine. And 
actually probably overly aggressive at times if if I really think about you know if I really think about it so there's been lots of unlearning to do for sure and of course there is much more lesbian representation in the media now which is such a wonderful thing but we still don't exist in classroom discussions which I think is a really pivotal place for children to learn about relationships and Sadly, although Section 28 was revoked 19 years ago, there is no statutory obligation for teachers to include LGBTQ plus people in the conversation. This is why I felt it really important to conclude my piece by saying that it is important for us as masked lesbians to be positive role models for the younger generation. We don't have to um, emulate the negative behaviours of men. We can be our own people. And actually, there's something so incredibly beautiful within that, which is what I hope to do with my poetry, I guess, like, as well as providing representation that I didn't have when I was younger, I want to discuss topics that have previously been unexplored and to present information that can be easily digested by not only the LGBTQ plus community, but wider society as well. Lots of straight people raise gay kids, right? So it's important. And do you know what? I've, I've only been doing this for a year, but it's opened up so many opportunities for me. Through my poetry, I was asked to be an ambassador for Stonewall Housing, which is a charity that works tirelessly to support LGBTQ plus people facing homelessness. And from this, I co-founded the Big Queer Poetry Show along with my friend, Shah Bailey. Um, the show is essentially a lineup of 14 established and emerging LGBTQ poets who all donated their time to ensure that 100% of all proceeds went to the charity. Um, it also provided a platform for these poets who are underrepresented in, in the media. Um, our, our first show was, was better than we ever anticipated it being. We, we actually sold out an 180 capacity venue had a waiting list of about 40 and raised over £7,000 for Stonewall Housing, which was, was fantastic. We also got some pretty decent press coverage and those who were on the lineup have gone on to do some truly remarkable things in such a short space of time. I mean, the show was only in December, so um, it hasn't been long. And we're due to have another show in the summer, actually, although we haven't, we haven't finalised a date yet. Um, but we do have some fucking incredible talent in mind for the lineup, and it's definitely not one to be missed. Um, so either follow the Big Queer Poetry Show on Instagram for the official announcement, or you can keep up to date with what I'm doing at HunterPoetry underscore. Um, thank you so much for having me, Words in Chalk. It's been great to be here, and I really can't wait to come along to your next event. Words, 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 words.